Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Hour number two of the program is here. We got, again, sometimes I say this is like the mound scene in Bull Durham. We got a lot going on. So the Titans and Pats for day number two. Uh, we had Brady Breeze getting thrown out. He hit another rookie. Another B squared, man. Yeah. You better watch out for those guys. Brady Breeze playing safety. With bees, B man. squared. Uh, Mike Vrabel talked about after oh, practice. Geez. Guys got to learn how to practice, take care of each other. Vrabel said he wanted to see more energy today, and it sounds like there was more energy. Uh, you think it was? I think it wasn't energy. I think that's why he was trying to get some more energy. Well, it's that second day of pass. They're like, oh, oh man. man, that was uh, exhausting. But it wasn't even as hot. They got a break, man. They need, this, they need to do the Jedi mind trick. You know, they got to psych themselves out, man. Yeah, Act the like that. Yeah. See that. See that water out there? You're at the beach, man. Mm-hmm. Start seeing things. I guess you would get a lot of energy if you saw a whole bunch of hot chicks walking by. <laughs> yeah, you sure would. You'd be all attention. In more ways than one. <laughs> Julio Jones came down awkwardly on Monday. He didn't practice anymore that day or yesterday or today. Uh, yeah, Blaine told the story. He would be out there at camp and just pretend like he was at the beach, yeah, right? No That's how you got through the hot weather. You were at the beach. Yeah, you weren't yeah. at two a days. Yeah, no doubt. You have much more energy. But, yeah, yeah, Vrabel addressed that about Julio. So the Julio watch needs to stop. So basically is what he said, and that I'll give you up to date so you won't be have to ask me <laughs> every you, day where, where is he at? They're going to ask every day. I mean, you have to. Somebody's got to ask every day. When How's Julio? What's the latest? And he's always going to say, but he's nothing. He, he should just say, I think he's going to just practice once a week, and that's it. So you guys, uh, you know, just be prepared of only getting to see uh, Julio once a week. You should just do throw a bombshell. Like, why? Oh, because he's Julio. Right. <laughs> he's literally the best receiver of the last decade of oh, NFL football. I was going to say, he's not the best receiver on the team, though. Of the last decade, right? Yeah. And think about that. Like you're saying that, and people say, like, what? You're like, no, there's another guy named A.J. Brown who's like a rocket ship taking off. Yeah, he's he's he's, uh, he's on a whole other plane. The NFL better watch out. If you thought he couldn't get any better, I think you need to think about that again. Because he looks like this is easy out there. Uh, and when I say easy, I'm talking about his releases, his routes, his pinpoint. Route run is your go-to. Yep. Uh, and he's he's a massive. I mean, we already know his run after catch, his yak yards after catch for everyone is phenomenal. So yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be great to see. Uh, but you know, I was out there practice. I, I didn't, I, you know, the king is like on on a king's type, you know, schedule. Yeah, I saw him just throwing balls around and throwing it up, catching with himself, and I'm like, whoa, man, the king, the king says, I'm the king. And the king needs to make sure I get the right, appropriate type of reps. Yeah, which is not a king. Not many. Yeah, hey, hey, more power to him. I'm not mad at him. He the king. He, he, every time I see him, I just be like, man, that's a, that's a gigantic human being. <laughs> Playing running back in the NFL. <laughs> running back. You, you know what's so funny? I saw uh, John Glennon say the same thing that people say about the King playing running back and how he looks compared to the other running backs. Well, basically that's how Caleb Farley looks to the other quarterbacks. I mean, most of them, he looks like a tower. I, I like, can't wait to see this. Yeah. Guy. This six, two guy. And, and he, he looks the part and even on individual drills, I had to see him do a little bit more, but 
He looks like if he stays healthy and starts getting the groove, that seems like they're trying to ease him in. Slowly see how his body responds and yeah. reacts. Uh, don't push him too hard. We're not sure he's going to go out there. every day. That's mm-hmm. what they're saying. Yeah. Yep, especially with a guy that's young and, you know, anxious to be out there. And naturally he would go out there and, and go all out immediately. That wouldn't be the, the recipe for a long-term success. So, yeah, he looked like, wow, he plays corner. I don't know if the Titans have ever had a tall corner like him, like that. Only Kerry Washburn briefly, you remember, and then they cut him, and he went to Baltimore and played a few years. He started here, and he was like 6'3 or something. He was the one tall corner that I remember, and it was only briefly Kerry well, Washburn. Watch this. Kerry what? Yeah. And then he played in Baltimore, won a Super Bowl there, if I'm not mistaken. Kerry Washburn, like 6'3". Washburn. Kerry Washburn, yeah. So, like, Washburn, the, the coach. Yeah. Man, I don't even remember him. I just remember because he was 6'3". All right, we got a couple callers on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. So my daughter and I, we do a day trip every year. We go hike to a waterfall. Mark on uh, Zone TV said go to Cumberland State Park in Crossville. We got Sam in Manchester with a hiking suggestion. Mm -hmm. And then we have Scott and Beth Page who wants to weigh in on the Vols win total. And by the way, Robert in the Zone TV chat said doors are going to beat UT again this year. Book it. So we're already getting to smack talk, and uh, we're not even in a season yet. Let's get Sam in Manchester first. Sam, thanks for calling, man. What you got for us? I was going to say, when you and your daughter came to Manchester, I'm going to guess that Rutledge Falls was the private waterfall you went to. Yes, sir. We went to Rutledge Falls and Old Fort State. I almost almost want to say Old Fort State. Yes, we went to Old Fort State Park. (laughs) It's so hard to say that. We went to both of those in one day and loved them. I would rec- I would highly recommend Fall Creek Falls outside of Spencer if you've not been there. That's a state park. Okay, every that seems like the that seems like the the go to for a lot of people. Fall Creek Falls that that may be the clubhouse leader right now. Sam, thank you, man. I think that's the tallest waterfall this side of the Mississippi. Okay, that sounds good. I just hope it's not. Thank you, Sam. I hope that's not like a nine mile hike to get there though. But I also don't want like the. 200 foot walk from the parking lot i mean i'd like a little more than that right 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 you know meet in the middle somewhere somewhere. in the middle yeah Yeah, yeah, somewhere in the middle i'm with you i I may try to go to one in in chattanooga this weekend is that the one you went to in chattanooga rock city and it's you just walk through tunnels and like look at gnomes and stuff it's okay though but are we enclosed like the whole entire time no but sometimes it was come too. no sometimes you're so deep in a crevice though there's a couple times you walk through something like they made a little cave but you can always see the sky above you for the most part. Oh, okay, cool, because my, my wife would be, yeah. she doesn't like But that. you go through a couple of them, you have to turn sideways to fit through. Uh-oh. Yeah. So okay. I post a picture, I post a video on my Facebook page, and there were some people who were like, no way. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, is that where I saw yours? I thought I saw it on Instagram. I put it there, too. It posted both. Uh, let's I get. I ever check my Facebook. Scott, hold on, because Steve has a hiking suggestion. Let me get Steve, then we'll get you, Scott. I promise to talk some balls for the end of the segment. Steve, thanks for joining us on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. Hey, Mickey. Hey, um, there's a trail on Mount Eagle near Swanee University called Fairy Fairy Gizzard. I, I don't really know how to say it. Fairy Gizzard. F I E R Y Gizzard. Like chicken gizzard. Is there, is okay. A lot of gizzards and, out there. And it's it's difficult in ways. It gets steep at times, but it's the prettiest trail I've ever been on. And you get to one small fall that you can swim in, got a great swimming hole. And then you get to a large fall at the end that's really pretty, and it's got a big swimming hole. So that you can swim at both of them, and it's just beautiful. Ooh, you, Fiery you, you, gizzard. 
you swim in the in the in the. It sounds like something I would get after eating too much Mexican food. Yeah, the gizzard sound would scare me a little bit. Okay, so that all right, fiery gizzard. I've never swam in one of. I've watched them on movies in there like that. I like. I would get a little nervous. I don't know why. Maybe because I've never done it. I don't know what's in there. I used to swim in, <laughs> in creeks around my house in the country when I was little. Well, and like snakes crawling out. Yeah, and like I would just shake the water up to run the snakes off, and then just jump in. Could just like you dark. did. Yes. Yep. Yep. In the dark. Just any time. Didn't think twice about it. Oh my. I mean, I when you, the you, water were, up. you were young. Yeah, I was dumb. Yeah, yeah. Well, you didn't know any better, but that's okay. Yeah, but I now know. that you're older, would you do that today? I would swim in that because the water's cold. You won't have snakes in cold water. Oh, oh, that's how that's how snakes roll. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, man, they don't want cold water. They want hot. They want warm. Okay. Yeah, they don't want cold. They won't get in cold water. You're safe. So there you go. Uh, Scott in Beth Page does want to talk about the Vols' win total. Scott joins us next on the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. What's going on, Scott? Appreciate the uh, appreciate the phone call today. Hike or anything like that. I'm more a tailgater and TV watcher and yeah, uh, air conditioned guy. So my my physique reflects that too. I like, I like all those things too. Uh, hey man, this is uh, this is just a daddy daughter thing, but uh, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. Well, good luck finding something. Um, real quick, Blaine. I guess I guess I'm throwing this your way. Okay. Uh, more than Mickey, but Mickey, I, you and Luke chime in too because I know, I know Luke, you've been a Tennessee fan forever, so you can relate. But the factor of not having Garantano as a quarterback, <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bashing. I don't want to bash him. I'm not here to do that. He's moved on. We've moved on, and that's great. But not having that situation, and Blaine is a player, and you've played at all three levels and done it at a high level. I know you wouldn't do this yourself. But you've probably played with players that do that type of situation causes the, the team to quit basically. Mm-hmm. And that's what it looked like to me that they quit. Um, both years in a row. I mean, you're, you're literally talking about a team that two years ago, if it hadn't have been for him, we may very well have beaten Alabama, the best team in the country. I mean, one of the better Alabama teams. And I mean, we had them. We had them. I felt like we had them and it was in our direction especially because we were running the football. And, and when that kind of stuff happened and all the things that happened last year with the pick sixes and, and just the, the, every time something bad would happen, you would just see the whole team just say, like, well, here we go again, it's over. Yeah. And, Blaine, can I get your thoughts on that? And, and, and is it, it, it's not being factored in. Uh, I don't guess there's any way you can factor it in. But to me, as a Vols fan, I believe it is a factor. I believe that, that having, fresh, having a fresh man under center – Something new, maybe something a lot better. We hope, and, and it can re, re, rejuvenate the team, and then as well as playing for a staff that they actually like. Scott, thank you, man. A lot of great points. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, you know, also you're not to just uh, look at uh, JG, you know, Garantano, but uh, also the coaching staff. They kept putting him back out there, and you could see the reflection on what the, all the other players thought too at the same time. But with that being said, you also want to be able to you know, overcome adversity as a, as a team. Uh, so it seems like they really didn't deal with that very well. And they felt like, Oh, everything is started good. And then one bad thing happened. And all of a sudden they go down and go in the tank. And that's a reflection, not only on all the players and not just the quarterback, but also the coaching staff and the head coach. Uh, so to me, they you know need to exude confidence and belief. Uh, and when things go wrong, we also can write the ship, right? You know, the momentum swings and everything else. So you have to be able to, 
overcome that. So we'll see if if Heupel can overcome that. I, I really don't necessarily just want to put it on, you know, Garantano because the coaches kept going back to him. And this is what even the guy that they recruited now, by the way, was a guy that was already there. Uh, so, you know, I just think the inconsistency of the quarterback play and actually the offense, which was to me more on a, a you know, high schoolish type level offense than compared to uh, most uh, offenses. And I think that's why they didn't have a lot of success. Yeah, again, there are so many plot lines to the Heupel thing that are just so fascinating to watch. And I, I saw there's a guy, Rainey, on Twitter. I think he's at Rainey Vols, big Vols fan, interacts with the show, interacts with the zone. I see him doing that. And somebody had tweeted, name something in sports you're sick of. And I think it was Rainey. If it's not Rainey, I'm attributing it to you. And he said, Tennessee rebuilding. It was name something in sports you're sick of. And he said, Tennessee rebuilding. So, And then you got a caller who just said, we could have beaten Alabama, and then something happened with Garantano or Tano, and you didn't, and you didn't do it. So uh, certainly Tennessee fans are ready to see all that turn around. We'll talk pro football next. Our guy from CBS Sports, Jordan Dejani, set to join us. Hey, there's a lot of big storylines, and we'll get to all of them. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. We're not painting any doors black here. We are talking football, though, with Jordan Najani from CBS Sports, who joins us now. Jordan, you're a Tennessee guy, right? Live in Tennessee. Yes, All right, let me ask yes, you this. I, you seem like a young guy, active. So my daughter and I, every year we go on a day trip and we hike a waterfall somewhere in Tennessee. You got one day to go, and we don't want to hike like 13 miles. Like Lucas was like, go to, you know, this falls. And I look it up and it's like a strenuous hike with a camping trip in the middle. Just trying to have a little bonding time, not not overexert ourselves. Give us a spot to go to before we start talking this NFL football. Oh, man, I'm so sorry. You are asking the wrong guy this no. question. I'm not very outdoorsy. You'd probably find me in front of a TV. If I am exercising, it's going to be in an air-conditioned gym on a treadmill, not outside enjoying nature on a walk. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, it's like the Lemonhead song. I lied about being the outdoor type. You did not lie about it, though. You were very truthful up front. Uh, well, let's get into this. So the Joe Judge thing, his old-school coaching in New York, of all places, has been such a fun thing to watch. So yesterday, what do they do? They get into a big brawl, and he just makes everybody run. Apparently, like Herb Brooks with the 1980 hockey team in the movie Miracle. Um, and this was after what he made some coaches run. This guy is coaching old school, but what a mess he seems to have his hands on up there at times. Yeah, it is pretty wild. But at the same time, even if you don't think Joe Judge is the right coach to take you to a Super Bowl, you do have to respect the kind of old school mentality that he has. It's pretty funny to watch veterans, guys over 30, having to run laps as punishments and even coaches like you mentioned. So, yeah, we, the whole storyline was that big brawl that happened the other day. And you know what I found interesting about that entire situation is that Daniel Jones, the prospective franchise quarterback, was the guy who was – somehow found himself on the bottom of that pile. You know, I always thought in training camp, you should ask your buddy there in the studio about this, the quarterback is the guy you're supposed to protect, right? He should not be anywhere near these kind of training camp brawls. So that's what really stood out to me. On with Jordan Dejani of CBS Sports, talking all things NFL on Blaine and Mickey. Well, Jordan, thanks for coming on. And I guess give us a little bit about what's going on out on the West Coast as we're so far away with the 49ers. And Jimmy G 
and Trey Lance. Is John Lynch, you know, a former uh, a friend of mine, uh, not a former, but a former player and, and now GM, is he playing coy saying Jimmy G is playing the best of his career and that means trade? Oh, man, Blaine, I need you to buckle up, man, because <laughs> the Trey Lance hype train is leaving the station. I mean, this week he's put together a few great practices there on the practice field. And yesterday, I even wrote about it. He had this incredible throw across his body, rolling left, that traveled 50 yards through the air on a rope to Trench uh, Sherfield that resulted in a touchdown that had reporters, you know, quickly going to their phones to type out that they've never seen anything like this. So Trey Lance is receiving a lot of hype, and we have poor head coach Kyle Shanahan out there trying to quell the hype by saying, oh, I thought he had a good day, not a perfect day. And then there's Jimmy Garoppolo, who's had a couple of good days as well, according to reports. But at the same time, it's so hard not to be intrigued by the young quarterback who apparently has, who appears to have all this upside that you gave up a King's ransom for to move up to number three overall to select him in the 2021 NFL draft. And he's hitting the practice field early in, in, in his NFL career and putting together some very impressive plays. So this is a storyline in terms of the 49ers quote-unquote quarterback battle. It is not going to go away. If, if Trey Lance continues to put together and string together these impressive performances on the practice field, people are going to continue to ask the question. And, and in fact, uh, Kyle Shanahan was asked the question yesterday, when is Trey Lance, when do, you, when do you think he's going to be the starter of this team? And how Kyle Shanahan responded was saying, when I feel like he's the best option to lead this team to victory. That's kind of open-ended. And again, if Trey Lance continues to ball out here in training camp, this could be something where the 49ers brass may have to go back to the drawing board and wonder and try to draw up how exactly they want this quarterback situation to unfold as we enter week one of the regular season. Mm. Well, with uh, Jordan Dijani, uh, NFL uh, writer uh, for CBS Sports. I, I guess I want to add to that. I was watching him at practice a couple days ago, and I can't recall, but I thought it was some decent backup quarterbacks on the roster. Who are the other quarterbacks, if you can recall, on the roster so that they could move forward if they chose to trade Jimmy G? Because you would think that they have a contending team. They got all their pieces back on defense. They're staying healthy. The offense will be what it is. Uh if you got a strong offensive line in a running game, you may could go with a young quarterback. Or do you stay conservative and stick with Jimmy G and say he is what he is, he'll probably get injured and we'll get Trey Lance in then? Sorry, you broke up a little bit. You're asking the other quarterbacks on the 49ers roster? Yes, who are the other backups when I was watching? I know one guy is Josh Rosen. That would be kind of yes, an interesting Josh guy who's been up there. And then mm-hmm. I think Nate Sudfeld. Yeah, uh, Sudfeld from, from the Eagles. From the Eagles. He, he, he went to IU, right. Yeah, he's very quality you know, good quality backup quarterbacks, in my judge, if you want to move forward from Jimmy G and go with Trey Lance. But uh, it's kind of interesting. I guess staying on the West Coast in with Denver, where are we at with the Denver Broncos and their quarterback situation? Or is there one? Yeah, so this is, this is one of the few legitimate quarterback battles we have here in the NFL offseason heading into 2021. And it's one that everyone has eyes on because the Broncos roster top to bottom – is somewhat impressive, right? Look at the offensive side of the ball. They got a very solid offensive line. They got running backs that are very good at Melvin Gordon and then a rookie in Javante Williams. The wide receiving core is very underrated and chock full of young talent, in my opinion. And then they have arguably a top 10 tight end in Noah Fox. So 
the quarterback position is going to be very important for this Broncos team when it comes to their perspective ceiling heading into 2021. Now, I saw offensive coordinator Pat Shermer have a very interesting quote yesterday saying that this is the best version of Drew Locke he has seen. Now, out of the other reports we've seen from uh, reporters out there in Denver who are there day in, day out, it hasn't necessarily sounded like that. It sounds like both Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke have had good days and bad days. They've been a little bit inconsistent. That was to be expected. But when you take a step back and examine this quarterback competition as a whole, you have Teddy Bridgewater, who's a journeyman. He didn't have a 2020 season that was necessarily good enough. Obviously, the Carolina Panthers traded him away. And then you have Drew Locke, who showed some promise in that in those first five games in his rookie season and then had a very big sophomore slump. I think that Drew Locke's familiarity with the system is, is going to have him win this competition. I think just his upside in general is going to be a good thing as well. But again, I don't think that the Broncos are necessarily going to ride with him the entire season if he struggles. Because like I said, this team is pretty talented. They're not necessarily looking at a full-stage rebuild. So I think Drew Locke right now is probably ahead in this competition. But of course, that is subject to change. Uh, yeah, everything's subject to change, as we know, with Carson Wentz. They're no longer with the Colts as far as uh, at least uh, for the next 5 to 12 weeks. 5 uh, to 12, well, yeah. Yeah, that was a little broad there. But uh, well, how do you think this is going to play out as far as starting the season with with Eason or whoever else they may consider bringing in, whether it's Foles, Rivers, uh, to Blake Bortles, whoever it may be? What do you think is going to happen? Give us your bold prediction. Oh, Blaine, this, this situation is so fascinating, man. I mean, from what I can tell, it looks like Frank Reich is going to live and die by Carson Wentz. And you could tell that because they were asked about other veteran options out on the open market, such as Nick Foles, of course, the guy who always seemingly unseats Carson Wentz. And, you know, he, obviously Frank Reich has a great relationship with Nick Foles, but he made sure to say that this is Carson Wentz's team. Because of that, I do not think – that the Colts are going to trade for Nick Foles. But at the same time, I think that acquiring a veteran could be a smart move. But again, that goes into the real timetable behind closed doors when it comes to Carson Wentz's return. Is he realistically going to miss one or two games, or are we talking about legitimate 12 weeks rolling to the mid part of the season without your starting quarterback? If that's the case, you know who I'd be interested in? is former Tennessee Titans quarterback Marcus Mariota. Here we go. That is someone who I'd be interested in bringing to Indy, right? He, he knows the AFC South. He, he probably has, you know, some juice in him from uh, how things ended with the Tennessee Titans. He's someone who's still young, who still has potential. He's mobile. And kind of like the Broncos, whenever I write about the Colts, I say that this roster is ready to compete right now. They have a great defense. One of the best offensive lines in the NFL, a young wide receiving core. Jonathan Taylor looks like to be an up-and-coming star at the running back position. I think that behind closed doors, if I was working for the Colts organization, I'm going to try to decipher what is realistically the timetable for return or recovery for Carson Wentz. And if it's longer than I expect, and I have to go more than one or two games without him under center, then I'm going to make a move. Well, especially if you, you know, they're, the beginning of their schedule, their first five games is brutal. Now. Brutal. If you trade for anybody of, let's say, Marcus Mariota's ilk, you know, the same level, what are your long-term plans then with Carson Wentz? And how much do you get into his mental psyche as we know it's really fragile based off of uh, his time in Philadelphia? 
Yeah, I would assume it is pretty fragile, uh, unfortunately. And it's not necessarily his fault, right? He's gone through a lot of downs as of late. And he is under contract for at least, what, three more years after 2021? I'm looking at his contract here. Uh, Spotrack says there's a potential out in 2022. I'd have to look more into that. But from what I can tell, you know, even if, let's say, Marcus Mariota comes in and, and does pretty well for the Colts, he's on a one-year contract. I think he's paying about $3.5 million, something like that. So with Carson Wentz still under contract, it really does sound like Frank Reich has a lot of trust in him. And, of course, we know that they have a good relationship as well. And he's a guy that Frank Reich wants to give every opportunity uh, to take over a franchise and, and, you know, lead them to the promised land, if you will. So that's going to be very interesting to, to try to figure out how it's going to work down the line. But again, that kind of goes into their options right now, heading into the regular season. It just sounds to me like Frank Reich really thinks Carson Wentz is going to be able to return sooner rather than later. Of course, that's, that's very subject to change, but to me, if I had to guess right now, I really do think that they roll out Jacob Eason in week one and hope that Carson Wentz can make it back in week two or week three. Mm, we're on with NFL writer for CBS Sports, Jordan uh, Johnny. And Jordan, as the AFC South just continues to implode all around us, you got Deshaun Watson who showed up and was like holding the tackling dummy and, you know, mixing the Gatorade. And then he had a mysterious <laughs> ankle injury. And now he just can't practice because of this mysterious ankle injury. Imagine being the Texans. He doesn't want to be there. You've tried everything to keep him. He's got 20-plus, what, civil cases still out there. What in the world are they going to do? Because now he's not practicing, but he's there, so you can't find him. Just what a horrific – it's like going to a party and your ex is there, and neither one of you want to leave. Just what a terrible story and a terrible storyline for all involved. Yeah, it's it's horrific. And to answer your question, what they're going to do, I have no idea what they're going to do. This sounds like a horrible situation. But you know who I really feel bad for in this situation is first-year head coach David Coley, right? Because he, he walks into this apartment that's completely on fire, and he's charged with putting it out with a pot and some water. And, and you know what's worse is Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk, he penned a piece, I think it was either to, either today or yesterday, where he said it doesn't seem like Coley and then the Texans front office are on the same page when it comes to Deshaun Watson because we saw him being checked out with his injury on Monday, but that wasn't confirmed to be the reason he wasn't at practice on Tuesday or Wednesday. So is he basically just on paid vacation until they figure out where he's going to be dealt? It doesn't seem like David Coley was aware of what's going on with that. So it just, it's just, it's adding more mess to a messy situation, right? I mean, it's going to be tough to work, move forward without Deshaun Watson, and uh, and the roster isn't good from top to bottom, and they're in a pretty tough division as well. So this is a major rebuild and one that uh, first-year head coach David Coley definitely doesn't want to be facing. Well, Jordan, adding to that, though, what is Watson's value on the trade market? Like, what would be going through, you know, a, a GM and, and the organization's thoughts here? Because if it goes through the court system – it may be a year, year and a half before that even happens. Do you roll the dice and take a risk there and give up uh, capital? How do you think this is going to play out for Watson and what you know? Teams right, think this about is him? right, right. Yeah, this is this is a million dollar question, right? And I think we might have talked about it a little earlier, but basically the way I look at it is that if if there's one or let's say two teams that are very interested in acquiring Deshaun Watson services, let's say it's the Denver Broncos, maybe, and then the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, if you know that there's another club out there that's interested in, in getting Watson just like you are, if I'm the Broncos, if you will, 
um, then you might be more tempted to try to get a deal done sooner rather than later. But at the same time, as we've talked about, uh, you know, what, what he's being accused of, and if it does go to the court system, everyone assumes it's going to be settled and civil. I don't believe that's going to be the case. There's, there hasn't been any evidence to prove that this is kind of close to ending. So this is something that's going to have to take its course. And that's why I think a deal is going to be done later rather than sooner. So the Texans are, are going to, you know, stick their flag in the ground, even though they're open to negotiations right now and open, open to trade talks they still want a pretty penny for what was once their franchise quarterback. So with all that together, that's why I think that you're not going to see Deshaun Watson dealt very soon. And what just what an absolute mess. He's not going to play. He's not on the commissioner's exempt list yet. There are teams who would like to have him, but you can't bring that guy to your team right now with that hanging over him. There would be people picketing outside your stadium. Now, some people would say, I don't care. I just want him to play quarterback, but you know it's going to be a, a straight disaster. So do teams do some type of conditional pick or picks? And then if you're the Texans, you don't want to get fleeced. You don't want this to somehow all get cleared up, and then maybe he plays and he just goes right back to – I mean, I, there's just no way in or out of this deal. This is just such a terrible situation. And here's the thing. If you're a Titans fan – you're probably not going to see that guy this year. So that's just like, okay, well, good deal. Let's play the, uh, you know, let's play, let's play the Texans without Deshaun Watson, who has basically been a one man gang and was last year and kept them in both of those games. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you talked about if Deshaun Watson was to be traded, uh, conditional picks, you know, that's a, that's kind of a good guess, but it would have to be multiple conditional picks. And either way, I think the Texans would feel like they're being fleeced, but man, the AFC South, like you mentioned, is absolutely imploding between the Jaguars trying to work in a lot of rookies. We don't know if Urban Meyer is going to be a successful NFL head coach. It's obviously his first year. Then we have the Texans problems losing their franchise quarterback. And now the Colts, two of their most important offensive pieces have gone down with injuries that are going to last into the regular season. And then they're sitting the Tennessee Titans who return all their important players. They added Julio Jones. The defense is looking good in training camp. I'm feeling pretty confident if I'm holding a ticket worth $100 for the Titans to win the AFC South. Yeah, Titans fans just holding their breath. Yeah, just holding their breath. Jordan Dejani, our guest on Blaine and Mickey. Well, before we let you go, I got to ask you this. I know we don't usually have, you know, hot seats for coaches in, in the NFL, really, but who do you really think? If they don't get off to a fast start, they may not even make it halfway through the season as the head coach in the NFL. Yep, you're going to have to go to the Chicago Bears, Matt Nagy, for sure. Uh, you know, he's, he's a guy who's been in the hot seat for a minute. Um, he's a guy who has been adamant that Andy Dalton is going to be a starting quarterback in, week, quarterback in week one, even though they traded up to acquire Justin Fields, who has one of the most talented arms in that NFL draft class. Things could go really sour with Andy Dalton under center, and if that happens, then obviously he's going to be put more on the hot seat, and he's going to be totally relying on Justin Fields to save his job as well. And I think Justin Fields is going to have a successful NFL career, but let's imagine when he's finally inserted into the starting lineup, whenever that, that may be, week five, week six, midseason, whatever it may be, what if he doesn't get off to a hot start either? I think that would basically guarantee that Matt Nagy would be fired. Wouldn't starting the rookie, though, buy you some more time or no? I mean, they made the playoffs last year, right? They did make the playoffs. Yeah. Yes, they, it, they did make the playoffs. And obviously it wasn't a very 
happy season. It wasn't a very explosive offensive season for sure, but they did make it to the playoffs. They're a solid team. And, you know, the defense carries that unit as they have for many years now in Chicago. But I'm with you. I think it definitely buys you some time when you bring in a rookie quarterback who's going to start immediately because I think Justin Fields is talented enough. Even if you, even if he doesn't necessarily put up multiple wins in his first few starts, you're going to be able to see that he possesses the talent enough talent to be a legitimate starting signal caller in the NFL. And if you have that kind of glimpse of optimism moving forward, that's obviously going to cool your seat down just a little bit. So if I'm Matt Nagy and I'm thinking about my job security heading into 2021, then that's obviously something I'm going to be thinking about is having Justin Fields take over just, just from the jump because it could end up helping you out if he ends up being the star that many anticipate he will be. Jordan, great stuff, man. Always look forward to talking to you. People can follow you for all the latest uh, nationally with the NFL at Jordan Dajani. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, Jordan. Anytime. Yes, sir. We'll talk to Jordan a lot, I would sure, I'm sure, during this upcoming football season. All right, Taylor Lewan, one of these guys he talked about. Titans have a lot of guys coming back. He's coming back from an injury. Gave a very candid interview today after practice, including – What's it like to go through rehab? What are those times like going through rehab from an injury? You'll hear from Taylor LeWan next. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Uh, here from Taylor Wine in a second. Chad in Nashville wanted to join us. I think he's got like a musical venue suggestion. Hey, it's it's your it, it's your show, just like it's ours. Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline always open. Chad, what's going on, man? Thanks for checking in. Uh, well, hey guys, how's it going? Great, great, good. Well, I'm a massive fan. Obviously, Blaine with being a Titans man, I've been a Titans fan as long as y'all have been here, and and uh, yeah, just excited to be on the radio with y'all. Mickey, a huge fan, been listening to both y'all for quite some time, but I, I know you're a big music guy um, with, with the new uh, First Bank Amphitheater opening up yesterday. I got a pretty interesting story. Uh, so I live directly across the street from the road that you have to turn on to go to the amphitheater. And let me tell you, the, the traffic was miles long for Ooh. hours and hours. Oh, I mean, both ways probably I think would take you two hours to get to the amphitheater. And so I'm just standing at the end of my driveway, just watching these cars endlessly come and endlessly go. Um, it's going to be a, a, music, a beautiful venue. I took my wife there and my, my sister and they had a blast. But man, I don't know what they're going to do about that traffic. Well, I'll tell you, you're going to open up your yard as parking spaces and get yourself a golf cart and shuttle people. I think we just solved it for like 10 people. Yeah. How big your yard is. Right, right. Absolutely. What I so I'm actually going to write you guys a marketing uh, team. I would love to have y'all out on on site. Um, I have a beautiful property overlooks the road. Um, different options we could do there, um, but I think it would be awesome. Y'all come out, call it like one or four or five pre jam jam, and then just hang out, talk sports, and then watch all the people drive by. Maybe we can get some food trucks out. Um, you know, it'd be awesome. Hey, I'm I'm all for that, man. Just make it happen. Maybe we can do it before Greta Van Fleet. Uh, I need to I need to get out to that show. I need to see those dudes. Greta, and then on Saturday as well, I believe, right? 
Uh, I've slept since the last time I've looked at any schedules. Chad, you'll have to hey, man. Yeah, no worries. Hey, thank yeah, you for yeah, the call, I, brother. I but that that sounds yeah. great. We'd love to get out there sometime. Appreciate the call and appreciate the love. Certainly for the Hitman. All Titans fans yeah, know the Hitman. No All right. <laughs> Titans fans know Taylor Lewan too. Yes, they do. Pro players get injured. Blaine's talked about all of his surgeries before. It can be tough on that road coming back, right? It's tough for all of us to come back. It's tough for pro athletes, too. Some candid stuff today from Taylor Lewan on that. I mean, there's a lot of things that I did. It's kind of when you don't really have a choice when it comes to to an injury. You're either, I mean, there's days you get out of, you, you know, wake up and you really don't want to do anything. It sucks. Getting out of bed sucks. You're in pain. Even when you're three, four months in, you're like, why the hell am I still feeling like this? And so, you know, it was just kind of every day is a new day. You got to keep grinding forward. I, I had this book that I wrote in every single day of, you know, what I want to accomplish, what I want to manifest, and then um, obviously what I'm grateful for. And those kind of things helps you reset. And um, there was definitely a lot of resetting because there was a lot of downs. And uh, But this up, it, it just feels great to be out here talking to you guys. I've been looking forward to even speaking to you all, and that's that's a bit of a weird deal. Even speaking to the media and Blaine, for anybody who wonders, though, how is his rehab going? He got asked about being ready for the first week of the season. No, I mean, in in these types of things that we have a great training staff and our coaches, they have a great line of communication. For me, yeah, I'd love to be out there. I'd love to go take the plays, but um, they're integrating me slowly. And it's it's great to, you know, know that they care and they're going to put me in the right position and and not um, compromise anything going into the season. So. Um, I, and you know, barring anything, I, there's, there's going to be no issues. Week one is not going to be a problem. I feel great. Week one, no problem. He feels great. Hey man, there's a preseason game tomorrow night, Blaine. We're going to be talking about NFL football being played by real people, even though it'll be like the Steelers and the Cowboys fourth string NFL football tomorrow. Night. No, it's second and third stringers. See, we'll see some of this. Some too. Guys saying, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to show. Showcase my talents, man. What are you talking about? They are living for this, Mickey. <laughs> I guess know. what? I may not be starting now, but guess what? Next year, I'm going to hit the lottery because I'm going to be starting after watching this game, after they watch me play. And you know me? <laughs> I'm sick. I will watch every better play. better think that way if you're the backup. No you doubt. got to believe. Nick Foles, carve up the third stringers. That's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> we got to go. 3HL is about to carve up your afternoon drive home, though, from 3 to 6. We got to get it out of here, though. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, everybody. Happy Wednesday. And as always, Mickey, peace.